Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Hello, 88.9. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Sid. And welcome to the first edition of Breakfast on the Bridge for this school year. Yeah. I am so excited. How, Me how are you too. doing, Annabelle? I'm doing really well. It's really early. We got yeah. here really early. <laughs> I was a little late, though. It's okay. I got here at 6.20, but the lovely Joe brought us some donuts, which was amazing. Yeah. So, how was your summer? Uh, my summer was great, uh, but I have to say, uh, my summer did not have anything as thrilling as waking up in the morning as the morning show and coming and coming up and just like, you know... It, just, just just embracing that morning person vibe. I, I woke up very late in the summer. I think that's why I feel especially productive about this. So probably not thrilling, but like it was I know the, what you the mean. productivity was nice. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I tried to sleep in a lot this weekend, but on Saturday I had to take the mock SAT so I had to be Ooh. here at eight. Um I slept in on Sunday though. So I'm well rested today. Not really. Um uh, we'll pretend I am though. Anyway, we've done a lot this school year so far with radio, and in the summer, too, we did. Juneteenth, we did Seafair, which we get lots of compliments on, like, every day. And uh, we did all sorts of other events for the community, too. And then this year, even just, like, in the last few weeks, we've done the Lake Ridge Fall Family Picnic and the Island Park Back to School Bash on the same day, Yeah, which meant we had to buy new speakers. (laughs) It was kind of funny. Um, Sid, were you at either of those events? I unfortunately have not been to any of the elementary school, like, uh, like, like parties or, or family picnics, but, um, from the pictures I've seen, it's been so cool seeing, like, all of the KMIH staff members, like, embrace, like, the Mershon community and, like, dance with, like, the little, with the little kids. It's just, it's such a wholesome thing, you know? And yeah, I think a lot of people have appreciated that. And from an outside perspective, which... Because I haven't been there. It's just been really cool to watch. Yeah. And I know you played a big part at the Rotary Dance for Peace. Him and our other staff member, Grace, were the MCs of the event. So what was that like? That that was really interesting because, uh, first off, this is like the first Dance for Peace they have. They were going to have like the, uh, the, the, the half marathon, but that was canceled due to COVID, uh, which is interesting because now they had something in like a closed space. But... Uh, it was, I think, I think it was a, it was a really cool opportunity to, again, build the community and, like, just, just reach farther, and it was, it was just so fun, like, getting to see new faces, there were even people that were still talking about Seafair from there, which was, which is frankly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, I was there too, but I was just manning the booth, I was, I had the playlist on my phone. Hey, that's um, a big job. <laughs> yeah. But one woman who came up to us said that she was Carson's mom, and if you're a listener to 88 and the Bridge, you may recognize Carson is the one that does most of the legal IDs. We have some student ones, too. Yeah. But he's the one that does most of them. He has a very good radio voice, and he has a career in radio now. But it was interesting to meet his mom there. Yeah. Um, and then we also did Fees and Photo Day. We played music for that event and introduced like some of the younger students to the radio program. And we'll be at Curriculum Night doing the same thing next week um and then the race to nowhere with parent edge which you you and grace will be yep um on a panel yep how are we doing right there yeah yeah very very fun well how's the school year so far for you 
Uh, I think the school year, it's it's going well. There's 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 lots of things that were that that we're like doing. I think junior year, like we're sort of like jumping into like a lot of things. And there's things that like I like school wise that I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that I have to like study for a test or something like that because yeah. I. To, to be honest, like, most of, like, our high school has been, like, pretty chill so far. So, like, now it's, like, sort of, like, like cu- coming back, coming back for us. How about you, Annabelle? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think, I mean, I don't know what I thought people were talking about when they said junior year was harder, but it's definitely been a change. I, like, barely had any homework in history last year, and now I have it every night. Even yeah. if it's just a little bit of reading and notes, it's still, it's a lot. Anyways. Yeah. We will be throwing it over to the news with Miles, and he will be talking about what's going on in the world. In Europe, following weeks of progress by Ukrainian forces recapturing former territory, Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, who met with Putin last week in Uzbekistan, has stated that he believes Russia is seeking an end to the war in Ukraine. The Turkish president, who has communication with Vladimir Putin, says that Putin wants to, quote, end the war as soon as possible. When asked if Russia should be able to retain any of its captured land, Erdogan said no and undoubtedly no. Meanwhile, a war raging nearly half a world away is hitting close to home right here at MIHS. One of our new technology specialists has family in Ethiopia's Tigray region. The war there has been largely overlooked by the rest of the world, but now concern over Tigray is growing due to alleged atrocities and a growing refugee crisis. Since November of 2020, a bloody conflict has been raging on in the Tigray region of Ethiopia. A political dispute between Tigray and the Ethiopian government has escalated, giving way to war and famine in Tigray. Caught in the middle of the conflict, millions of Tigrayans are facing a humanitarian crisis. I sat down with Benyam Yatberek, a technology specialist at Mercer Island High School. His parents emigrated from Tigray before he was born, but the rest of his family remains in Tigray. Here's what he had to say. So right now, uh, there's basically a famine, a man-made famine uh, initiated by the Ethiopian federal government where they're blocking food aid, medical supplies, um, any type of resources going to Tigray. Over 6 million people are on the edge of starving. Um, There's um, bombings that are happening in the major cities. There was a kindergarten school that was bombed just two weeks ago. So by also having them black out the Internet and the phone, there's a lot of... um, no information coming out of Tigray, so we actually don't even know the severity of how bad it is out there. Amidst the blackout, Benyam has no means to even contact his family back in Tigray. It's heartbreaking because uh, we don't know if they're alive or not. Um, We don't know if they're starving or if they've been attacked or killed um, or just anything. Ultimately, like every war, um, the biggest loss is, you know, innocent civilians. How do you hold out hope in this situation that things will get better? That's the hardest question. Is it's uh, it's hard to have hope, but that's not what the fight um, in me is able to keep lit. It's more just I'm just advocating for my family because you know whether they are alive or not, like they have no one else fighting for them. Whether if I have hope or not, it's in as irrelevant to why I am still advocating for them. If you could say something to the Ethiopian government that's kind of enforcing the blockade, what would you tell them to do? What would you have them do? Every human being is um, required to have food, um, have access to water, to medical supplies, to mental health. You know, all these have been shut down. These are basic access as a, as, a, as a human being. So, you know, I would tell the Ethiopian government to just have some have some grace and stop the, stop the violence. 
To be informed on ways to donate as well as upcoming events to help Tigre, you can visit Seattle Tigre Network or Omni Tigre on Instagram. In New York City, leaders from over 150 countries are gathering in the first fully in-person United Nations meeting since 2019. The main topic is expected to be the Russia-Ukraine war and its effects on the world's food and energy supplies. President Zelensky will be the only virtual speaker, and Joe Biden will be speaking on Wednesday following his trip to the UK for the death of the Queen. Notable world leaders from China, Russia, and India will not be in attendance. Now let's take you to news in the world of science and technology. Hi, I'm Sophia, and this is STEM News You Can Use. NASA and Google have teamed up to better track local air pollution. They brought in an existing partnership to help local governments improve their monitoring and prediction of air quality for better decision-makings. This collaboration uses machine learning algorithms that link NASA data with Google Earth data streams to generate high-resolution air quality maps in almost real time. These high-resolution air quality maps can be useful tools for cities and communities to take action on climate and health in their neighborhoods. Power outage on Puerto Rico. On Sunday afternoon, the hurricane knocked out Puerto Rico's already fragile electrical system, leaving millions without power and thousands without running water. As devastating floods and landslides destroy roads, homes, and bridges. As of late Sunday afternoon, the Puerto Rican government hasn't reported any deaths caused by the hurricane. Some evacuations are underway in the towns of Caguas and Toa Baja. Fiona has caused severe damage in several areas, and it's unsafe for anyone except first responders to be taking the streets. Restoring the island's power service could take several days, and the storm could isolate some places, making repairs difficult. Did you know that the drought of 2022 could cause fall foliage to lack some of its normal color this year? In much of the U.S., drought conditions are forecasted to persist throughout the fall months. Dry and hot weather can cause the leaves to turn brown and wither before they even reach their peak colors. Heat waves are also causing leaves to fall, even before autumn arrives. I'm Sophia, and this was STEM News You Can Use. In West Seattle, home prices are expected to soar following the reopening of the West Seattle Bridge. This is predicted to the, due to the increased accessibility of jobs for the West Seattle residents. Even while the bridge was closed for two and a half years, home prices rose by 10%, only 3% less than other parts of Seattle over the same time frame. This growth is, this growth is thought to be as a result of the increase in remote working. That's all for the news today. Tossing it back to you, Sid and Annabelle, Annabelle on Breakfast on the Bridge. Well, he's not the first person to call me Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all right. I think that was a lot of interesting news. It's yeah. terrible what's happening in Tigre. Yeah. No, I think what makes it even worse is that people don't know about it. I think we're so hung up on the Russia-Ukraine conflict that we're not being able to shed light on important wars that are going on in other places around the world. So... I think it's, I'm, I'm really happy that Miles was able to bring that up. Yeah, and I think that what Sophia was saying about NASA and Google teaming up to track air pollution, I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for it sure. It could be really helpful. Yeah, moving on to some more news, just a little bit more specific to our 88.9 The Bridge community. Uh, of, on July, in July, at the beginning of July, we had some winners announced for the New York Times Podcast Awards. And many, many, many people from our station entered them. And one of the one of these people was Amuksa, and she made a podcast about cricket, which 
was frankly amazing. I gave it a listen like many times before the show, and it, it was an amazing it was an amazing podcast, and it and it made an honorable mention out of over one thousand competitors or so. So, uh, yeah, good job, Abukta. Let's take a listen to your podcast. For Fakhar Zaman as well, he joins his partner. Oh, chance of a run out! Chance of a run out! What you just heard was cheering from the stands of a sport that millions of people are fans of, but also one that you may have never stopped to acknowledge before. Oh, he missed it again. Slashed away, good shot. Standing between overs, and Ashwin's saying, I'm going to dance across and flick it around the corner. But he meant- it's cricket with professional teams from Asia all the way to Europe. Most importantly, it's the livelihood of the people of Pakistan and India. Although India and Pakistan have one of the biggest rivalries over cricket, people tend to ignore how the sport unifies the citizens. Hi, I'm Mukta. This is uh, Hanuma Vihari, Indian cricket player. You know, I started uh, very early. I started at the age of nine, and uh, I went on to play for India and uh, eventually made it to the Indian team at the age of 25. Coming to what role it has played in my life, I think uh, cricket has been the major part of my life, if you see, uh, because I started very early and uh, from the past 20 years, I think uh, only thing I've been doing in my life is playing cricket and I've been enjoying it and I've been fortunate enough to play for different teams. So I would say cricket has uh, uh, been my uh, life so far. After India's independence from the British was finally achieved in 1947, the country split into two different countries. Pakistan and India, with Pakistan housing a population of only Muslims, while India housed a population of mostly Hindus and a minority of Muslims. Because their split was mainly over religion, the border of India and Pakistan was always at unrest. Throughout this conflict, one of the only things that India and Pakistan seemed to have in common was their love for cricket. Cricket became very popular among Indian and Pakistani citizens in the 1990s because of the political unrest among the leaders of both countries. What's interesting, though, is how despite all the tension, cricket fans from both countries were able to sit next to each other and enjoy the game together better than they ever had before. Even if they wanted their home country to defeat the other team, they also desired to see the skills of cricket legends from both sides. This is MSK Prasad, former Indian cricketer and also former chairman of Senior Selection Committee, BCCI. For both the countries, India and Pakistan, cricket is there in their blood. It's there in their DNA. Both these nations love this sport. It's very, very close to the hearts of millions of people of these countries. Whenever there is a clash between India and Pakistan, you could, you could really see the whole countries getting united to support their respective nations. But at the same time, I'd like to say that it's only these clashes where India and Pakistan People get together and support, though they support their respective nations, but they also become fans of the opposite teams also. That's how the Indian cricketers have a heavy following in Pakistan and so is Pakistan cricketers have a very good following in India. So I wish that it's not just on sporting front, even on political fronts, both these, both these country people should get united and get together and, uh, and close down the gap that we have. I wish that just like cricket, Politics also should play their role in bringing both the nations together. Things took a turn for the better in 2004, when the former Prime Minister of India, Atal Bihari Vajpayee, 
went to the SAARC, or South Asian Association for Regional Cooperation, summit in Pakistan. India had previously felt threatened going to Pakistan to play, and this summit reopened the possibility of the Indian team playing on Pakistani soil. They were received grandly and were given a warm welcome by the Pakistani public. The teams continued to play in each other's home countries, being received with lots of support from the opposing crowd. The power of the sport and its international relations showed people that even though India and Pakistan have their differences, they can always rely on cricket to take a break from the ongoing battle against each other and have a good time. Chance of a run-up. Thank you so much for that, Mukta. Your podcast was absolutely amazing. And I think as an Indian myself, I think it's it's really amazing how you captured that. that it's a really amazing how you captured that like sense of unity that that's brought from cricket and like that that friendly rivalry that is usually not seen uh, between India and Pakistan, uh, which is uh, yeah, which is something I greatly value. Like for example. A little bit off on a tangent. I know my grandma. Uh, she she used to like hate Pakistan for a while, uh, because uh, because of some like because of some like tragic things that like happened uh, between like Pakistan and uh, and her life. And uh, I think I think cricket's one of those things that like helps her like uh, like like put put that aside and uh, sort sort of like come come back together. And I and I think that's really important because the unity that uh, that. India as a, as a whole feels from cricket and also India and Pakistan, like that relationship feels from cricket with that friendly rivalry is something that, that we really need. And I think it's something that it was really important that she brought light on. So I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that she talked about that. I feel like something we can connect it to is like the Olympics. Yeah. I don't know, because when America Team USA is playing against other teams, I feel like I feel so proud to be an American for, yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. like two weeks um and then I mean not that I'm not but like you know what I mean like I really I'm rooting for for team USA to win. yeah yeah and it, I feel like it brings together the country and I think it was really cool how she talked about that and she tied it into her own life and had some great interviews in there too yeah yeah for sure okay so this is a little bit of a segue but I love Taylor Smith and you know what Taylor Swift does? It brings people together over their oh, love for music. Yes, <laughs> definitely does. And Taylor Swift has a new album coming out on October 21st. And unfortunately, we can't play a song from that album for you, even though I wish we could. I will definitely be listening to it all day on October 21st <laughs> at school on Friday. Catch me listening to Taylor Swift. Anyways, here is State of Grace, Taylor's version. By the one and only Taylor Swift. Not many things top Taylor's version songs, except maybe this past week in sports. We've had championships won, games lost, and even some blowouts here and there. So let's start off strong. The Mariners wrapped up their four-game away series against the Los Angeles Angels with a 9-1 win, with a total of 11 strikeouts from pitcher Logan Gilbert. Did the Mariners go 1-3 in the series? Yes. But did they eliminate LA from the postseason? Also yes. So all in all, not the best, but not the worst performance from our guys across the bridge. 
Moving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA, led by coach Becky Hammond, claimed their first and most likely not the last WNBA championship trophy after winning their best-of-five series versus the Connecticut Sun 3-1. Coach Hammond won WNBA Coach of the Year in her first year as the Aces head coach, so I don't see the strong Vegas team slowing down anytime soon. So now let's move on to a bit of sad news, but also not surprising news in the Seattle sports world. The Seahawks have now dropped 1-1 after a rather disappointing performance against the San Francisco 49ers, which resulted in a 27-7 loss even after the Niners quarterback Trey Lance was carted off early in the game due to an injury. That's enough professional sports for me now. I will pass it off to 88.9's Jenna Martin, who's interviewing MIHS girls soccer varsity captain Georgia Samuels. Hey KMIH, it's Jenna Martin, and today I am joined with Georgia Samuels, who is one of the girls' soccer captains. How are you today, Georgia? I'm good, Jenna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm very interested in how long you've been playing soccer. I've been playing since around fourth grade. Now I don't play club, but just high school soccer. Since you've been playing so long, has that had any influence in you wanting to become a captain? It definitely did because it's a new like thing to do. Like last year, I watch all the captains. It's just a fun experience. Now that you're a captain and a leader of the team, is there anything that motivates you? Definitely my teammates motivate me and the other captains. And I think it's definitely fun working together and we all motivate each other. Also, another person who motivates us is our coach, Erin. I agree. She's definitely a big part of why we have successes. Yes. <laughs> As a captain, do you lead any of the pregame rituals? So I feel like the pregame rituals are more team-led, and basically what we do is we listen to two songs, and we just dance around before the game, and then we also write something on our legs, but it definitely like gets us hyped. Speaking of getting hyped before a game, what is your favorite song to listen to on your way to the game? I think there's a ton of songs we listen to, but my favorite would possibly be Like a G6. I feel like it gets everyone hyped and we can all sing along to it. Such a good throwback. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Georgia. Make sure to come support MIHS Girls Soccer tonight in the jungle for their home game against Liberty. Thank you, Jenna and Georgia. Like she said, come down to the jungle tonight at 7 to support your Mercer Island Islanders facing off against the Liberty Patriots. Let's switch over to your Mercer Island football update with our guy on the sidelines, Joe Schleifer. Joe? What is up, 88.9 The Bridge listeners? It's Joe Schleifer with your weekly Mercer Island High School football update. This week on Thursday, the Mercer Island Islanders will kick it off at 7 p.m. in the jungle against our rivals, the Bellevue Wolverines, who are also the reigning 3A state champions. Mercer Island Islanders are coming off of a tough loss last year, which was 49-0. But this year, we are a new organization with new coaches and a lot more grit, ready to hit the gridiron and ready to take the W away from the Bellevue game. Thank you, Joe, and good luck on Thursday versus Bellevue. The rivalry games are always fun to watch, but if you can't make it in person to the jungle, tune in to 88 on the Bridge for live coverage of both the soccer game versus Liberty and, of course, Mercer Island versus Bellevue. That's all the sports for me, so back to you, Annabelle and Sid, and go Islanders. Well, I, for one, hope that Mercer Island can pull out our first win of the year. I'm hoping. Thursday. I'm kind of mad about the Thursday game. I probably won't go. <laughs> I'll have other things to do. Um, especially if I have basketball practice after school, but you guys should, but I will be listening on 88.9 The Bridge. Yes, 88.9 The Bridge has the best coverage of our football games, sure. And I, for one, have to say, um, go 49ers. Oh, okay, okay. This is, this is a little bit of a problematic take. So the Seahawks just lost to the 49ers, and you're saying just go 49ers? 27-7? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, technically, 
there's a long story with my football allegiance. I was born in the Bay Area. And so my dad growing up was a Raiders fan, but the okay. Raiders moved and we were also 49ers fans at the same time. It's the same thing with like the Giants and the A's, but we were always more Giants fans. I don't know. This okay. does not make any sense, but I would support the 49ers over the Seahawks. But now you live in Seattle. So does that mean your allegiance should change a little bit? No. Mm. I was born closer to the 49ers. But anyway. Aren't you ready to embrace those like new ideals of you know the if Seahawks? If the Seahawks yeah. start winning. <laughs> That's a I fair mean, point. I mean, I mean, the 49ers won with their backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay okay this, their starter, but... <laughs> this is the fair point this is the fair point okay do you even because jimmy garoppolo was their starting quarterback for like the last i don't know how long but then they had a new guy trey lance and then he got hurt against the seahawks and then so the backup quarterback won the game yeah. <laughs> but yeah anyways that was funny and uh georgia samuels that was a great interview from jenna make sure to go to that game Tonight? tonight? Tonight at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, and if you can't go, once again, you can listen on 88.9 The Bridge. We also have boys tennis. I think I think the JV1 team is going to be at home against against Bellevue, uh, which is definitely a big rivalry. Yeah. And varsity will be away, so that won't be able to be seen. But uh, all Mercer Island versus Bellevue tennis games have um, on both JV1 and varsity have been super have had like super huge rivalries so that would definitely be a game to check out now it's time to check in with molly rojas when she asks the kids she babysits harrison and luke all the burning questions we want to know with toddler talks welcome to toddler tapes where i dive deep into the brains of toddlers to get the important questions that you want to know today's toddler specimens are harrison and luke i'm molly rojas enjoy and take notes first up we had harrison Harrison, what do you like better, corn or sweet potatoes? Corn. What do you like about corn? Um, I like, I like, I like good, uh, uh, another corn. Got it. Good answer. Thanks. I like the different corn. You like different corn? Thank you. Next up, we have Luke. Do you like trains or cars more? Duck. A duck? Yeah. You like ducks the most? Good answer. Thank you. From that answer, we can conclude that ducks are the best transportation. Now, let's head over to Harrison for some monster talk. Would you rather be a ghost or a vampire? A dog. A dog. Good answer. Thank you. Based on that answer, I had another question for Harrison. Harrison, would you rather be a cat or a dog? A a dog and a cat. You would like to be both? That's a good answer. What do you think is, is faster, a dog or a cat? A dog and a cat are fast. They're both the fastest? He makes some good points. Now, let's head over to Luke for the question you've been waiting for. Luke, what is your opinion on climate change? Daddy. Daddy? That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Thank you. Now, let's see if Harrison has a say in the matter. Harrison, what is your opinion on climate change? Um, I want to um, Spider-Man. You like Spider-Man? Yeah. You heard him, folks. Spider-Man is the key to ending climate change. Both boys made some interesting points today, so I hope you're listening. That was Toddler Takes. I'm Molly Rojas, and you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Okay, thank you so much, Molly. That Personally, was... I love Spider-Man, too. Yeah, so. I mean, if Spider-Man was here, I definitely think he could unite us all on climate change. 
Do you have a favorite Spider-Man? Ooh, a favorite Spider-Man? This is tough. This is tough. I think I I think a few months ago I would have gone with Tom Holland, but I think right now I'm going with Andrew Garfield. Yes, I second that. Okay, okay, yeah. My mom would laugh at me right now, but why yeah. would your mom laugh at you about? It's a long story. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom would say Tobey Maguire for sure. Cause that's what I I feel like I feel like for like for all of our parents, like Tobey Maguire was like the OG Spider Man, and yeah. they like and like there they, was like, no like. MCU, yeah, because it's not even that's not with Marvel, right? I don't know. I mean, actually, I think Andrew Garfield lost his contract as Spider-Man because Marvel took took like yeah. the, took control of the character Spider-Man, so he just lost his contract on like his two other movies that were coming. But then he was in the but uh, yeah, he came No Way back. Home. No, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Oh, I think. I think No Way Home was like the mark was it was like the start of all the MCU movies suddenly becoming really confusing. Yeah, well, I think also was Multiverse of Madness before that or after that? It was it was supposed to be before I think. I mean, I feel like the snap is kind yeah. of when things got confusing. Yeah, or I I think it was fine ish, and then it sort of like started to devolve, and then like yeah, and, and now then, with the whole oh no, it was like. Well, I mean, they had the whole multiverse theory, like they talked about it in the one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. What was that? Yeah. Oh, that was um, another Spider-Man. Spider- Far from Home. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Anyways, these are great questions, and here we have Alyssa asking some more questions with question of the week. Hi, this is Alyssa on eighty-eight nine The Bridge, and I'm wondering what your favorite type of donut is. All right, my favorite type of donut is a cinnamon roll, if that counts. By the way, I'm Theo. My favorite type of donut is chocolate, and my name is Sam. My favorite type of donut is mochi Oreo donuts. I'm Julia. My favorite type of donut is glazed, and my name is Yoshi. Uh, My favorite type of donut is a maple bar, and my name is Sam. My favorite type of donut is probably just a plain glazed one, and my name is Anna. Thanks for listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Again, this is Alyssa, and my favorite type of donut is chocolate with sprinkles. Sid, what's your favorite type of donut? Well, I think you might have heard that in there, but it's definitely the maple bar. How about you? Me too. <laughs> I actually did not hear you say that. <laughs> I'm still thankful for Joe. Um for bringing us some donuts this morning that made this a little bit easier. Yeah, a bit it, made, it made this a little bit easier to get through, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And now we will be hearing from our very own Elise McDonald about Club of the Week, which this week is Dance Club. Hello, I'm Elise McDonald on 88.9 The Bridge, and welcome to Club of the Week, where each week we shine a new light on a club here at MIHS. For this week, I have Sophia, the president, and Orly, the VP of the Dance Production Club, here to tell us a little more about it. Dance Club is basically just a space for anybody that is looking for a creative outlet or to learn if they're interested in dance and to make friends um, after school. So my best friend and I actually created this club last year. We both have danced for multiple years. She is a competitive dancer at a very competitive studio, and I do more dance for fun at a local studio. And we really wanted to create an environment where anyone, no matter their experience or their love for dance, to come in and just share the passion of dance collectively. 
So we meet Mondays from 3.15 to 4.15 in room 207. You can check out our Instagram at MIHS Dance Club. And there is linked our website so you can find out current information. And there's also a Google form there as well so you can sign up if you're a prospecting member. Thank you so much for coming on the station. I was really happy to shine a spotlight on Dance Club this week. Thank you. And to you too. Thanks for listening to the Club of the Week here on KMH 88.9 The Bridge. Thank you, Elise, for the Club of the Week. You know, I actually used to dance with Sophia, who's the co-president of the club. I know. Where did you dance? I used to dance at Definitive Dance on Mercer Island before COVID and it closed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my sister used to dance there. And I think a lot of the people from from dancing had to find new outlets to get their dancing through yeah, so i guess definitely. dance club may have been one of the ways yeah. i know my sister went to who's in middle school so obviously she can't join dance club uh but she went to backstage dance yeah a lot of people went there yeah. um since it's kind of the closest there is a new studio there now i think oh really yeah, yeah. wow too much about it <laughs> <laughs> anyways now we are going to be going into the song clementine by sunroom well, as people start to trickle in the hallways, <laughs> I thought this would be a good time to talk a little bit more about back to school. Yep. What's yeah. your favorite class so far, Sid? Ooh, I feel that's, like I'm interviewing that's you. Tough because, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, that, that's so tough because, like, I mean, Abro sort of like before school, so normally my default answer would just be like radio, uh, but yeah. like now I can't do that. <laughs> Relatable. So I think, honestly, jazz band but it's also a class that I've like completely like flat out embarrassed myself the most in. Like like the see the the problem is like chamber orchestra it's like basically a bunch of like 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 violin and viola and cello not bass. Uh violin viola and cello oh, like bass, like guys. prodigies that like are all like burnt out of like practicing their instrument. So oh. it's like I mean like we're good but like we're not great. We so much confidence. But like <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, yeah, orchestra isn't great. So I don't feel, like, very intimidated by them. But in jazz band, however, I'm, like, so I'm, like, stepping in for, like, a senior bassist. Uh, like, so, so, he, so uh, yeah, he graduated last year. And he was, like, like incredibly talented at bass. And, like, and, like, he could solo super well. He, like, had, like, this feel down. And then... Like a jazz ensemble is like an audition in class, so everybody oh. there has to be like really good. So, um, I'm keep telling Sid to stay with his face yeah, near the microphone. I like, he I, keeps I, I like looking at me. Yeah, it's really funny. Anyways, but with jazz, it's just it's just really hard because the like the people that the people that are all really good, and then because like I'm like scared of messing up, I do mess up like a lot. And yeah. it's interesting because, like, my intonation is, like, really bad sometimes. And then I'm just like, oh. And then there's, like, one time I just, like, stopped playing. And, I'm and like, since I play bass in the jazz band, it's just, like, the bass can't stop playing because that's, like, the whole time feel. But, yeah, that's that's a little musician's feel. But it's still, <laughs> jazz is still my definitely my favorite class. How about you, Annabelle? <laughs> well, how do I follow that? Um, I've been recently liking... I like my block class. Mm. I wasn't in block last year. For those of you who don't know, block is like when you have two classes, English and history block together. So you have two teachers most of the time. Sometimes there's one teacher, but usually it's two. I think all the blocks here are two 
Yeah. Um, and junior years, you have to take a block class. And so there's 60 kids in your class instead of 30. Um, and my teachers put us all in one room, 60 kids in one room. <laughs> Some people split up. But um, I've been liking that because it's something different. It's interesting. It's fun. I've always liked history and English. So No, it's a, it's a nice class setting for sure. I keep getting distracted by all the people walking by. Um, I, I mean, I know everyone listening cannot hear us, but or not see us. I mean, hopefully you can hear us. But um, our station that we're in right now is kind of a fishbowl, and it's right in the intersection of a hallway. Remember <laughs> when so, we used to have a fishbowl? We did. We had Zeta the best. It died. We flushed it down the <laughs> toilet, actually, <laughs> after it was dead. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's start over to our pre-recorded live music <laughs> by Quinn and Matthew, Wish You Were Here. By Pink Floyd, covered by Quinn and Matthew.
Thank you to Quinn and Matthew for that performance. Yeah, I really enjoyed that because Pink Floyd was really like a part of my childhood. I think I used to go to sleep to like Pink Floyd, which is which is really funny. Like when when I was two, it would be like I'd be like actually I I don't think I could. I don't know when I started talking, but I okay. imagined that okay. I, I imagined that I was like play Pink Floyd or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I it, it was it was definitely a part of my childhood. And whenever I hear these songs, it's like it's like very it, it's very it's not emotional, but it's like it's interesting. I I love I love hearing them. Kind of a funny story about my brother is that one of his first sentences, like not his first word, was we were listening to Mercury by Kathleen Edwards in the car. I don't actually know if I was there or not. I've heard this story so many times, though. Um, and he was just sitting in the back seat in his car seat, and he says, this song, like it. Turn it up. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> As a little boy. It's really funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, well, Pink Floyd actually had a concert a concert uh, in Tacoma, so not too far from here. And, yeah. It, it was it was very good like like the light show they had like they had like lights oops i i hit the mic but i was trying to like show Motion. show annabelle with my hands there's yes. like there's like like a light show with like words that were like like up 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 on like the screen it was it was just like an amazing concert and i i think that honestly made my sore throat even worse because That's nice. I, I was yelling and Sid, yeah. do you want to tell us about what's happening in the drama program right now? Oh, yeah. So in the drama program, we are currently having auditions for the school musical Grease, whose performances are in November, uh, early November. And yeah, I'm, su- I'm super excited for that. But uh, my voice has not been doing great for the auditions, which is tough. Luckily, like luckily, they know how I sing because I was in the musical last year. And had a decent part. Chip Tolentino. Oh yeah, that 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 song was an interesting role. It's an interesting role. But yeah, so I wouldn't want to do that in front of my teachers. Yeah, I had to do that in front of many. Many people. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was it was quite interesting, but yeah, I'm really excited for the musical and like I I think for for a lot of people in like older generations, Greece is like uh it it, it, older generations. Well, like I don't know what what am I supposed to say? I mean, (laughs) I know what you um, mean, but yeah. Uh, I think I think it, it it brings back a lot of like memories for like people that were like there when like Reese like just came out and like yeah. stuff like that because I think it it has it has its own connotations to people like in different in different parts and I think that's what's yeah. so so amazing about the show. It is such a classic movie too. I feel like everyone's seen Grease or some version of Grease. Yeah, once yeah, in their life either least. on stage or in a TV. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, for sure. This will probably be the last time you hear from me, as I have to run off to block class, as I was talking about. Maybe one of my favorite classes. Who knows? Unpopular opinion, probably. Um, but Sid will be here to wrap up the show with you guys, as he has first period radio, or first period off, and radio. Anyways, here's "Can I Call You Tonight" by Dayglow. Thank you so much, and that brings us to the end of our morning show. That was "Can I Call You Tonight" by Dayglow. Thank you so much for tuning in, tuning in on this lovely Tuesday morning for Breakfast on the Bridge. Yep, and we are your hosts on your first ever morning, first ever of this year morning show. I am Sid Shroff. And I am Elise McDonald, sitting in for Annabelle. And you're listening to KMIH 889 The Bridge. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. 
We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge. And thank you for listening.